Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. Our time, if it's my time, if it's your time, if it's, if it's our time collectively as well as individually, then we need to know what time it really is. We need to be able to take some type of scope or perspective on what time really is. By definition, time, of course, would be the increments of God's grace given to us on a daily basis. These are the increments of God's grace given to us on a daily basis. And when you think about it, you can't really measure time. Something that blew my mind in my research is that in the early 18th century, in the, 19th century, in the beginning of the 19th century, do you know that what constitutes an hour today isn't the same that constituted an hour back then? In fact, back in biblical times, it wasn't 60 minutes that produced an hour. It was a time frame from which the sun took to get from one location to the next in casting the shadow. And so, of course, on different days of the year, and based on the rotation of, of the earth on its axis, that could have taken, quote unquote, more time some days than others. Which means that some days might have been longer or shorter or that period of time. I know as a child, when you're waiting for mom to come so you can go do what it is that you want to do, or you're waiting for somebody to give you something, time seems like it's just a long time. I mean, church seems like forever for those who are carnal. Only the spiritual laughed. The colonel was like, what you mean by that? For real? I'm saying, you know. And, and think about it. All we have is that. The only, the only thing that is tangible in its intangible form that God has given us that we can all say that we have all appreciated in some way is time. Everybody don't have looks. Everybody don't have the brain. Everybody don't have money. Everybody doesn't have, but everybody's got time. That's something that we all have. Isn't that something? Everybody's got time. If you're here, you've got time. I know some of us is working on the second time, third time, next time, another time. Lord, give me more time. I need some time. But we all have the gift of time. It's a gift that God gives liberally and he doesn't withhold it. It's somewhat like wisdom. And if we somehow marry the two, one will extend the other. If we learn how to apply wisdom to time, you'll get more time. And if you take the time you have and apply wisdom, it'll multiply. Somehow we can get more done in a shorter period of time when wisdom is there. So time is the element of which we're all focusing on. We wouldn't be saying new year. It'll be happy year. It would just be, we don't say happy last year. We don't count down and go 10, 9, 8, or no, count up. 1, 2, 3, happy old year. So God even gives us the flexibility of time. When you went to sleep last night and you woke up this morning, you woke up with a new set of time. Hours, minutes, seconds, milliseconds, nanoseconds, blinks and twinks of our eye that just, in every flashing of our eyes, time's passing. Now, the interesting thing about time, and as I share this revelation with people all over, I've shared it in other countries as well, and people go, wow, that is, that's true. The thing about time is that time was a gift for us, and it has, it has more to do with us than it has to do with God. God doesn't need time. I know this might even seem boring, you know, because he was, is, and is to come. There's, there's nothing, he didn't, he didn't come into existence. He always was. Was, that's a past tense word to describe a period of time. But he gives us periods of time known as dispensations. So this is now a dispensation of time, and that's how you can say it's my time, or I'm saying to you it's your time, because you were given it. 
You were given a dispensation. You were given a 24-hour period, a 48-hour period, a 40-hour week, 168 hours. You were given some time to do something with it, and it's up to you what you do with the time, and the reward is in the labor that you put in that time frame. Now, if God has existed eternally, and we came into being Genesis 1 and 1, what was he doing all that other time? You'll have to ask him when you get there. Because God is not on our time. He's not on our clock. I know the Bible even references till the end of time. But it's time as we know it. It doesn't stop for God. Just because we cease to exist on the earth does not mean we cease to exist because eternity was, is, and is to come. I know it's kind of mind-blowing sometimes when, sometimes when you think about time, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing because time is something that is so, so hidden from us, but yet so accessible to us. We have clocks. We have timepieces. We have measurements. We have smart watches and dumb watches and pebble watches and rock watches. I, I don't know. I can't keep up with it anymore because, because we're all monitoring and mocking time. We live in time zones. There's daylight savings, time. There's time to sleep, time to eat, time to rest, time. It's time for everything. My time. It's, it's just some me time. Now, me time I always have a challenge with. Because unless you're going to go on an island somewhere and completely isolate yourself from all of humanity, there's no such thing as me time. Because they can knock on that door until they get on your nerve. They can blow your phone up until the battery dies. But it's me time. It's me time. So we can be selfish with the time. Look at somebody and say, it's your time, but share it. All right, so that's what we do every Sunday. Every Sunday we come and we assemble ourselves in an increment of time called worship, and we share the time with one another. During the holidays, you had experiences with relatives. Notice I just used the word experience. I didn't say it was good. I didn't say it was bad. You had experience with relatives or people relatively, one or the other. But that was time. That was some time. And what a time, what a time, what a time when all God's children get together. Well, that's not always true. Because I've been in instances where all of God's children got together and I was like, I can't wait till this time is up. And somebody's like, and this time is now. So I want you to think about time. I don't have a whole lot of slides, but I do have a couple of scriptures that I'm going to share and some things that I'd like to bring to your attention. But I want you to think about this. Everything does get better with time. Would you agree? I didn't say it gets better over time, it gets better with time. I want you to think about that. People say things get better over time, things could get worse over time too. But if we look at time as being a favorable friend, look at somebody say, time is my friend. Yeah, a favorable a friend, it is, it's a gift to us. It's a gift, it's not a trick, it's not, it's not a penalization at all. God is not somehow punishing us with time. I know we get time out when we're kids, right? And you think of that as a punishment. It's really not a punishment. It's an opportunity for self-enhancement. Explain that to a five-year-old. What's wrong with you? I'm in timeout. That's not bad. It's a good thing to be in timeout. You have an opportunity for self-enhancement. It's just a matter of perspective. Sister Sherelle's a teacher. She's like, I'm going to use that with the kids and see how it works. They're in a self-enhancement mode right now. So, so stop and think about the fact that everything gets better with time. Not just overtime, because if there's overtime, then there's undertime. You follow me? So with time, time being my friend, time being something that God has given me, time being tangible enough for me to mock it on a clock 
or mark it on a calendar, time is something that brings me to a place where I can look and see that it's better. I was reading a scripture that says, better is to be a live dog than to be a dead lion. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say, where's that found? That's in Proverbs. Yeah. Wouldn't you rather be alive, experiencing time, feeling like a dog, than to be dead as a proud lion? Boy, could he roar. Rah! But he roars no more. So that means that time was up. Time was up. I thought that was funny. When I read the Proverbs and I read Ecclesiastes, some of it is literally funny because I think God is casting shade when he, when he throws those, those when he's just casting the shade on us. Yeah. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That's pretty foolish, right? It's not funny, but it's foolish. One of the things that I found out about time, I found out in the book of Ecclesiastes, and if you go there with me, it would be, it would be great for you to go there with me. You say, well, where are we going? 9-11, all right? 9-11, I want to show you something. Now, of course, Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, gives us a wonderful poem and a great song. I think the Beatles recorded it, To Everything There Is a Season, and, and There's a Time to Every Purpose Under the Heaven. And, and it's a very, very nice poem. It's symmetry when you think about it, when you read it. You know, a time to live, a time to die, a time to, you know, and so it's really beautiful when you think about it. But the reality of life is that over time, sometimes things aren't as beautiful as they would appear to be. And I want to speak to that because there's some people who really want to be here a long time, who really want to live. They want to live out their full days. They're not looking to, to check out early. They're literally making plans to be here to see the coming of the Lord. They're making plans. They're living so they can live again. And so if that's the case, we must be equipped, we must be prepared, we must know how to embrace time and how to utilize time properly in order to get the most out of the time that we have. Because when somebody leaves the earth, they no longer have time to get it right. When somebody leaves our presence and they're gone into the judgment of salvation or damnation, one or the other, there's only two choices, time no longer exists for them as a friend. And as we get older, sometimes people think time is not their friend. Time has played tricks on them or time is, is winding down. No, it's glorious. And we are to finish it gloriously. And so that when our time has been expended, we can transition without any regrets. And it was a good ride. It was great. And so we have to get ourselves in a place where we understand time. Solomon, the guy who wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, he, he wrote based on his experience and, and his experience of wisdom, his experience of some foolishness. That's why he was able to write about both because he had experienced both. Solomon, the son of David, writes from his own perspective about time. And in the ninth chapter, verse number 11, he says something that I think really stands out, in, and we can look at it from a lot of different perspectives and maybe even multiple translations here to find out what is it that he is saying to us about time. In the ninth chapter, verse number 11, he says, I returned and saw under the sun. How many know that time takes place under the sun, right? I, I, I returned or I thought about it again. And I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Close your eyes and finish that sentence. It's not in there. You know, we say that all the time. We say the race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. But the one that endured to the end 
shall be saved. You got to know this word, right? You, you can only imagine how heartbroken I was when my pastor showed me that. Now, it's okay that you can take two scriptures and put them together. It is okay that you can take two scriptures and put them together as long as when it comes out in the end, it points toward God, right? So the race is not given to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. And yes, the one that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. That's what the scriptures say, plural. But in this instance, and I want you to look real close, I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Here we go. Neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. Now, before I get to the bottom line, I want you to realize that we've got five instances here of negative outcomes of what we thought were positive experiences. Would you agree? It's like, dang. I mean, I ran, I should win, right? I was fast, I should get the prize, right? I was hungry and I worked, I should get some food to eat, right? I studied and I'm a man of understanding, I should be. Now, I don't believe that Solomon had lost all his mind, but I believe that over the years, it started to wear on him. Maybe it was all them wives and things that they had. I know because they do. Look, one wife will keep you on your toes. Can you imagine what it's like to have so many? Brothers, you can say, man, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so, so Solomon obviously had some experiences. He obviously had some things going on in his mind. He said, you know, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of stuff in my day. In one instance of the scripture, he says everything is vanity. It's all for nothing. It's just, it's just vanity. All is vanity. I'm like, wait a minute, Solomon. It's not all vanity. Come on. God is still good. He's on the throne and I'm his child. So that's not in vain. God loved us so much that he gave his son. That was not in vain. And so it's not all vanity. And the reason why I'm putting this in context is because as wise as Solomon was, wisest man, that's all he asked for was wisdom. When God got ready to bless him and give him the kingdom of his father, David had the, kingdoms, uh, the kingdom of the earth. And, and he said, what do you want? He says, all I want is wisdom. He didn't say, I want to fight real good. He didn't say, I want to be good looking. He didn't say any of those things. He says, I just want wisdom. You've been listening to Touched by Grace, an outreach of grace for the nation's church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org, or call us, 616-974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nations Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals, families, and our communities, we believe there is hope. 